This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site and this program for those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to this episode of Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. Brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative and Hope Public Schools, both in Hope Arkansas, and we also want to thank CDWG for providing some of the equipment that we use as one of our sponsors. Welcome to the show. I'm one of your hosts, David Inark. And I'm Jeff Madlock. And I'm just Greg. Just Greg. <laughs> just Greg. He had it legally changed today, by yes. the way. He is now just. legally just Greg. It used to be unjust Greg, and it just didn't work out for me. No, and you, now he's and, and he was illegally. Illegally <laughs> <laughs> just Greg. <laughs> hey, welcome to radio.edutechguys.com. Check us out on the web, www.edutechguys.com. You can go to the bottom of the page and fill out our contact form and let us know what you think of the show, what think of us, think of life, and think of technology. Oh, oh. Not what you think of us. <laughs> <laughs> We're very sensitive. Um, also, take no, you look. know what? We don't care. Let us have <laughs> You can also hit iTunes and just on the podcast section and look up EduTech Guys and listen to any of our 28 previous shows. Woohoo! 29. Yeah, <coughs> that was kind of weak. 29. 29. <laughs> 29. Also, check us out on Twitter David Inark, J Madlock, and Greg is hidden from the world. Hi, hi, hi. The world scares me. Greg doesn't do Twitter. Not not the Twitters, no. You can also catch us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash edutechguys. Edutechguys. Hey, going to be a great show today. Um, I lost my show notes, so I'm not sure what we're talking about. <laughs> and I can't even get into my show notes to lose them. We don't have a guest today, but we will be next back next week with a guest. Um, in fact, I actually know, I wouldn't know who it will be. It'll be Luke Irvin. Oh, cool. Know, he's an app developer out of Conway and Little Rock. And awesome. Love to be on the show. Um, he runs an organization with two other uh, graduates of UCA. Um, uh, I've forgotten the name of the organization. It's uh, Get Ready to Work. Remember the group? They come down, they visit schools, talk to kids about getting jobs, not just in the tech field, but, you know, about what you got to do to get a job and all that good stuff. So he'll be on the awesome. show. And, Man, that's uh, cool. Looking forward to coming on. And we have some others coming up that have signed up. Hey, next week, Thursday and Friday, you can catch the EduTech guys at the Arkansas Conference of Technology. We'll That's be broadcasting week. live next wow. Thursday and Friday yeah. from uh, the Wyndham Hotel in the beautiful, lovely urban city of Little Rock, Arkansas. So uh, We'll be on the north side, actually. North Little north Rock, Little Rock Little Arkansas. North. And... Uh, yeah, Arkansas Conference of Technology. Yeah. Uh, brand new, new conference. One, brand new conference. Daryl Parks. Still got that new from conference. Hoxie? Is it Hoxie? <laughs> it is that is. right? It is Hoxie. <laughs> Daryl Parks <laughs> from Hoxie will be, uh, will be he's the guy who put this whole thing together. It looks like a really great one. In fact, one of our sponsors, CDWG, will be there. And in fact, they be told there. me this. I was talking with them on the phone looking for a piece of equipment, and they were like, we can't wait to meet you. We're going to be there. So, Be there. Or be square. Or be 
Hey, also coming up this semester. That's funny. We think educate. We think education. This semester, coming up here pretty soon in just a couple of months is the giant robot wars. Robot wars. Well, not like the smash them up, beat them up kind of. Robot no, this wars. one's actually cooler. They have castles and catapults and stuff. Yes, it's very neat. Uh, we'll be sharing out some stuff on the website in the future. Uh, several schools in the state of Arkansas mm-hmm. will be competing. Uh, the Edutech guys will be there on hand to live broadcast that competition. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be with interviews and first F I R S T first robotics first robotics. We'll make sure and tweet out the link here and put something up on the website. Yeah, man. It's Maybe somebody cool. will write a blog article about that. Maybe. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> Everybody looks at Jeff. Jeff's not happy. I, I got you covered. I, I got that covered. I, I will take on that responsibility. I, I'll put that on the air. In the podcast forever and ever, oh, and I dear. will take you know, care you of you. You are the journalist slash writer here. I, I am writer slash journalist on the team. I don't I don't slash anybody. <laughs> Slasher. <laughs> slash journalist. Hey, later in the show, uh, we'll be listening to some music from Nick C, uh, the Dan River Ramblers, and uh, Nick Flora. We're gonna Nick be a Flora. fun show uh, as we fill time. From our ramblings. <laughs> Is it the, the Dan River Ramblers, I guess we're the Edutech guys ramblers. <laughs> we're slightly less musical most of the time. Uh-huh. So out in the world of technology. <laughs> What's happening? What is happening? <laughs> this show is garnering a lot of... lot of uh, Off the yeah, rails. Off, off the rails. I, I, was the just, rails. I was just going to say, do you see the rails over there? Because we are way off the rails. Way off those rails. But that's okay. So yeah, let's talk... Uh, Talk What's up. happening in technology right now? What's happening? Interesting. And uh, it's funny, this year, after the first year, a lot of st- articles start coming out about, you know, hey, um, this is going to happen in education. Here's the next big thing. You know, it's the first of the year thing. Happens in every industry. Sure. The best cars of 2016, you know. Um, I've seen a lot of articles about, you know, the ed tech happenings for 2016 in mm-hmm. the new year. And it's really funny. They're just a rehash of... Uh, 2015 and kind of a rehash of 2014. It, there's nothing really coming out that really. It, the big thing though is uh, Periscope, which we are on. If you'd like to watch us on Periscope, just look up at you tech guys. We're live on Periscope right now. Hello, Periscope. Hello, Periscope. Uh, um, you can check us out there. Um, but yeah, Periscope is a big one. You know, they're talking about that's a big deal. Today, we one of our colleagues was at lunch today talking about CIV, and uh, it's interesting. How the colleges are still using antiquated equipment that uh, is just redonkulous in what they're attempting to do. Uh, yes, uh, when as as that conversation was going on, the very first thought in my head was, "Well, if you wouldn't use that equipment in that <laughs> setup, you could actually accomplish what you're trying to accomplish very easily." Yes. Um, you know, a, a lot of uh, and it's not just higher ed, but that seems to be where it's it's focused. Um, higher ed still is holding on to their codec and MCU-based yep. conferencing. And, man, that is just... I think part of the reason for that is because, unlike in the... Uh in the K through 12 world where we pretty much provide the end units to all the students in the higher ed world, you've got this profusion of different devices that students could be on. And so if you're going to do a conference with the students directly and you were going to have them use their own devices, it's like, okay, well, we've got a windows machine here. We've got a Mac there and we've got an iPad here. We've got a Chromebook there. And it was like, so what are we going to connect with? See, I'm right. So you use zoom or Google hangout or Hey, it's ubiquitous. I mean, you can put it on any device. There it is. There but I actually go. have a better idea than that. And, and the idea between that, when okay. we first started using the codex was that they would show presentations and they would show that that was a big deal because you were getting the same experience from because the kids didn't have devices. Right. You, know, you come into a classroom. Right, right. And then the teacher would provide the PowerPoint and the documents and the document camera and show you all this stuff. Well, guess where we are? So now I just need to see the teacher's face and the teacher needs to see the classroom so that they can say, hey, David, go ahead, answer, ask the question. She can see he or she could see the whole classroom. The rest of that can all be accomplished with Google Classroom, with Google Apps for Education. Because now, all that information that, you know, if we don't get that resolution high enough, you can't read that. Mm-hmm. No, just share it with the class. Right. They're reading read it on whatever the device. device they right. bring. If they bring in a phone, they can read it right there. Right. The teacher's still running class using Skype 
Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, if, if they needed to show something, then they could definitely have a document camera. I just pull out their phone and take a picture of it and drop it into the document that you're sharing <laughs> for Google Apps. <clears throat> the money saved because right now they say, "Well, I've got to have this T1 to run this one CIV connection." Because okay, really? I mean, is right. that where we are? And it's interesting to look at that. We still have some CIV units. And the big thing was, come take this virtual field trip with, you know, the World War II Museum museum in mm -hmm. New Orleans or the Baseball Hall of Fame. Right. And I was like, okay, once again, uh, a Skype session with... Well, true, but by the same token. Now, you know, of course, it's the same with all technology, right? When, when, when this was really first being rolled out and, and, and kind of in the, even even in the early phases of you know Skype and heck even before Google Hangouts was a thing and you know nobody had, Zoom wasn't even you know a blink in anybody's eye at all um, that was the way you basically that was basically the way you had to do things you know, you had to have a codec on this end and a codec on the other end and get everybody to talk to each other and dial in, do the whole nine yards. Um, many virtual field trip providers have moved away from the codec-based environment. You know, they are, they're using some kind of device that they either walk around with or it's mounted on the cart. Basically, they've replaced what they used to have in terms of a codec and a camera and a monitor and now they're using a laptop or whatever and using their internet connection with something like Skype or Zoom or Hangout just because the technology has evolved. Right. You know, so like you said, I, you know, I know, well, nobody else can say, I, I know the people you know, listening to us can't see it and really the people on Periscope can't see it either because the camera's pointing the wrong way. But <laughs> in this room where we're sitting, there happens to be, in fact, we have two distance learning codecs they are both unplugged, sitting there doing nothing. Yep. Right. It's just things have changed. Things have changed quickly. And, and, and it's it, just it's funny to me. Again, the conversation we had earlier and and the issues that that particular person was experiencing. You know, it just seems to me you, that that could be readily solved with you know by using a different form of technology. Yeah. You could still have multiple sites. You know, chimed in. The instructor it would still be able to see all the sites. In fact, in some ways, it would even be better using something more modern because things like Hangout and Zoom. Now, I don't know. I have not played around with Skype video much, so I don't know how Skype video works. But I know with you know many of those video-based conference uh, software, you see everyone in the conference. So unlike CIV. Right, where it room. was, you know, you only see the last group that was talking and you have to get the other people to talk in order for the right. camera to switch and blah, blah, blah. This, you see everybody, you know, and, and as they talk, yeah, they, they may take over kind of the full screen, the right. big screen, but you still see thumbnails of the other folks involved. I just, I agree with you. You know, at, at, at this point, you know, yeah, show the teacher on the screen and push out the other content. Yeah. You know? Well, and look at any presenter. There's the beautiful part is that even the presenter can share their desktop, yes. which means they could show a PowerPoint right. and talk over it and go besides. The cool part is is that unlike even using the codec system that mm -hmm. most people use, now any student could go, great, I'm in this Hangout. Let me share my desktop and show mm -hmm. my PowerPoint. Exactly. Right? You know, and have equal time in front of everything. I, I think most of it is that they just haven't taken the time to sit down and think about it. Think think about the bandwidth savings. Yeah. I mean, you know, yes. Well, depends on if you're going to do a whole room conference or if you're going to have all of the individual participants using their own individual Well, conferences. true, sure. true. Because that is one of the issues that we ran into here in Arkansas as we moved away, as the state moved away from CIV-based classes right. to the online environment, you went from one device in the classroom providing that experience to now a lab full of right. devices all using the bandwidth that's, to that's, share that same experience that's challenging even from a local bandwidth perspective yes yeah. then at that yes. point you have to make sure you have an ap that's dedicated to that room pretty right. right right but once again we've accomplished right. those changes right sure and we can't think backwards anymore 
Mm-hmm. By thinking backwards, we put ourselves into, well, I'm not going to move forward because I'm thinking backwards. Right. Which takes me to an article <laughs> that takes me to an article last that, that Greg shared last night with us, the one from Fraser Spears about, you know, well, this sharing is not going to work because they're going to have to contact Apple and it's going to be too much bandwidth. Well, guess what? Get For more, my district, it will bandwidth. not be an issue. Mm-hmm. Right. We have a gig. And, and this college is going to say, well, that's a bandwidth issue. You know, and I know certain local colleges throttle the living crap out of theirs. So, but they don't have to anymore. Right. You know, level, whatever. No, it's not level. Who, what's here? Aron. Aron, yeah. Is mm-hmm. providing as much bandwidth as they need. Mm-hmm. And, and there's the thing that happens is that now that all of this has changed and the technology is there, the powers that be are monitoring bandwidth usage. So, a college needs, or university, or a school needs more bandwidth because they are doing Google Hangouts in class. Well, do it. Right. Make the point so they can go, oh, yeah, you do need that. What are mm-hmm. you doing this for? Well, we use Google Hangouts in all the classroom. The ones that we share online, you know, these 25 classes a day, we need more bandwidth. Right. But at the same time, the compression that's happening mm-hmm. inside these applications is so nice that, right. you know, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't require. It's not the significant portion that it used to be. It used to be like, okay, you had like one meg, and then the video took up seven hundred and sixty-eight k minimum. So right, yeah, not right. like these antiquated things here that you know they needed a full T one just to luckily, and they would still glitch and they were still blurry, mm-hmm. and they still weren't crystal clear. Yeah, and right. even though it's probably individually, the connections are probably taking up more bandwidth than the, I mean, heck, we're now streaming full HD, but yeah. the fact that our Available bandwidth has gone up so much in comparison to how much is required for an individual video stream. I think, right. yeah, it's, it's the the available bandwidth has far outstripped what what is being required for individual video streams at this point. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I think and I and I think part of it goes to what you said, Jeff, about you know some of these institutions that are still using this antiquated uh, configuration. Time, you know, they don't have time to go you don't necessarily poke around and see what's out there. Um, I, I think that's potentially part of it. I think, frankly, part of that is also the whole uh, notion of, um, well, frankly, I think part of it is that's the way we've always done it, right? Which is, but that's, uh, I think that's... It's easy, it's easy to slip into that. Cause it you is. You just have to do nothing. And so, yes, and exactly. Then right. One day you wake this up... This is already and... sort of kind of working, right, so exactly. we're just going to keep or working sort of kind of, of working. Time. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, and I think that's part of it. And then... Of course, you get into the whole issue of uh, how much has been spent on the equipment over the course of however the long old, you've had that the equipment. Old sunk so, cost argument, right? Exactly, and so I, I think that that also comes into play to a certain extent until you can get the right people at the table at the right time and say, "I appreciate the fact that you've sunk hundreds of thousand dollars <clears throat> into this over the course of the last fifteen, twenty years," but you can sink tens of thousands of dollars if that's the case into this other setup and guess what it's better quality and you know you have more access you can do more things with it you can you know it's a matter of getting those folks to where you can sit them down and and talk to them about it and really i I think that's something that's going to have that would i think that would have to come in in our in our particular environment i think it's something that would have to come from the schools i do not believe that is something that the higher ed institutions themselves would initiate. I think if the schools would buck up and say, we're not playing this crazy game anymore. We've been doing CIV for 20 years. We're done. This is how we're going to take classes now. You're the provider as a higher ed or whatever other organization is providing the content. We're the customer. As the customer, this is what we demand. Right. As the provider, it's up to you to change to meet what the customer needs. You know, it's interesting that, that conversation at lunch that was we were more of a story. We were t- hearing the story. Um, what was interesting about it too was I noticed that there were no procedures and protocols in place. Yeah, yeah. and we're just as guilty. And, oh, and, absolutely. And I think that when you start demanding certain things and saying we're going to do these things, the one thing in education that has to happen is consistency. Mm-hmm. And every time we get to a junction then we realize that, you know, we don't have a procedure for this. Sure. And then we, we remember when 
we've gone through that, like uh, the disaster recovery plans. Mm-hmm. We always make fun of them, but you know we never have to use them, thank goodness. But when you do, and that procedure's there, you kind of go, oh, I'm glad this procedure is here because we know exactly what to do. I think the tech departments in education, even post-secondary, it's time for us to make those procedures because the consistency that would be there would make our demands and our requirements more valid sure. when our plans are fully you know, on paper, digital. Uh, here's what we need to do mm-hmm. because we don't do that. Yeah. And I, I realized today that during that, you know, it was that this end, this school didn't have a procedure. And this one with the procedure was made up by the person that when he needed to work on it, that was when the procedure was made up. Right. But it was never, did you check our procedures before you move forward? Because right. this is what we have. I mean, it would just save so much trouble in the long run. Sure. And we don't do it either. I mean, that's just something we, it's like a, it's a time element. But then when you start looking at it, you go, yeah, maybe we need to spend more time on that whole element Mm -hmm. and say that this is what we're going to use and this is how we're going to use it. And if this happens, this is what you do. And this is how you do this, 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 this. Bless you. And so I I think that's something that, you know, tech coordinators and techs at schools need to start looking at. It's better documentation for procedural usage of this so that it is consistent, so that there's never that question. That, oh, yeah, this is why we use it, and here's how we use it, and here's why we use it. Right. So, Plus, I, at the same time, if you're the first one who jumps in there with, with setting up the procedure of saying, okay, this is what we want to standardize on, because at this point, you know, the the old quote-unquote way of doing things with CIV, there is a standard. It's, you know, X codec with, sure. you know. Whenever we move to the next thing, there's going to be that inevitable, okay, these people use Google Apps and these people use Skype and sure. these people. And so then the teacher has to know, okay, I need to, how do you need to know how to use these couple of platforms. If we're connecting to a new one, do I have the rights to install new software on my machine if I right. have that ability? So, you know, if, you, if you're the one who steps up and says, okay, we want to take all of our CIV to this standard, whenever you're the first one, if you get your foot in the door, you get to be the one who decides, okay, this is going to be what we standardize on. Sure. sure. So there is a certain benefit to that. Well, and and to that end, I think that's exactly where and how what's currently in place in terms of CIV, at least in Arkansas, that's how it came about. I mean, for all intents and purposes, really higher ed, you know, they had already been doing CIV long before K-12 got into the foray. Right. Now, as it so happens, when K-12 and Arkansas got into the CIV uh, ring, in terms of customer endpoints, we blew higher ed out of the water. I mean, because every district or every, uh, yeah, every district in the state got at least one compressed video unit. And that instantly, you know, we outnumbered what was going on with higher ed. But higher ed had already being they, first. They were the first ones there. Right. They had already set that standard. They had already done that. And so I, I think you, you know, kind of what you're saying, the changing the standard, I think, is is a huge problem. Because, right. and, and, you know, just because, going back to what I said, we've always done it this way. Right, so exactly. This, and, and, <laughs> and for the most part, it ain't broke, so we don't have to right. fix it. Well, it is broke, but it's one of those kinds of things where, yeah, but it's always been broken this way, <laughs> and we've just learned to live with like that. You, the, so. the, the water temperature has slowly been increased, and we're just nice and boiling <laughs> yes, now. That's right. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with um, really just online slash blended courses in general yep. uh, as we move forward. Well, I think it's going to be the new thing. Mm-hmm. And I know it's very heavy anyway, but when I say the new thing, I mean, I think in the next two to three years, you could see kids not come to high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. You well, and, there, and that's already taking place in other states and other districts. You know, <laughs> smile. Um, you know, you already have districts that are giving students not only – the, they're not only are they offering the courses in alternate formats so that students don't necessarily have to come to brick and mortar, but many of those districts are also either they've are, they've either completely implemented or are working on implementing uh, that whole uh, concept of um, 
and I'm it's not the word I want to use, but it's the whole skill based advancement, mm-hmm. you know, mastery. Once I can demonstrate that I know how to do this, well, let's just use basic addition just for the sake of argument, or these or these basic math facts, it doesn't matter how old I am, it doesn't matter what quote unquote grade I'm in, I've demonstrated mastery, I can move on. Yeah. And so they the you know, they've already got environments that are enriched and are in and encouraging students to to keep on going. You know, and so I think it goes very hand in hand with what you said. We're going to have students who they don't come to high school. We might have students they don't come to middle school. And right. not only that, um, or what we what we call quote unquote middle school. Not only that, but we might have students who traditionally would have been in say ninth grade who have demonstrated the mastery and they're done. Right. They, you know, quote unquote done. And now here's your high school diploma yeah. because you've demonstrated, you know, or, everything there is to know to graduate from high school. You meet these all requirements. They've, they've raised certain skills to that level that they were good at. And so at that point, they have more time to focus on the things that give them trouble. That could be too. Because that way you can go, okay, I, I hit 12th grade level on, you know, English or math or right. history or whatever. I, I'm done with that. Okay. Right. Now I'll focus on math or whatever because it's given me trouble and I'll bring right. myself up to that point. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the ability to uh, reattract homeschool. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, especially if it's local. You know, people think local. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. even though uh, the, the so the hundreds of kids that take that are homeschooled, but just in a hundred mile radius of Hope, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You know, to them, if Hope was offering these courses, oh, well, I can just take it from them online, even though they could have taken right. it from anywhere. But it's right. still kind of a local, hey, I can keep it right here. Sure. I think that's a big deal. And I think a lot of parents would go, hey, this is great. I can still homeschool my children. I can still teach them the way I want to. But now supplement it with courses. I can supplement are, it from mm-hmm. these, with right. these courses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big deal. And that's really interesting, too, because then at the end of when it's all done, you know, that class of 200 kids, suddenly 240 kids graduating. And you know, there's 40 kids that oh, you're yeah, I know you from the class online, right? But you're homeschooled, but they can come to a school if they so choose and meet the credits and right. get a diploma from, so it said school even after being homeschooled. And so, what about the other side? Of, and I have no idea, Greg. You probably have a much better idea of, of what I'm about to say than than any of us, but or definitely me anyway. Uh, so, what about the what what? How about the other side of that coin? All right. So, what happens? If you have a group of homeschool parents, okay, and they all get together and they not they don't necessarily form a school per se, but they all offer varying classes online through a central learning management system, and now there's maybe a class that is offered through that right. that is not offered at the local school district, and the student says, hey, I would like to take classes from Hope Homeschoolers LLC. The trick there is certification. Certification. That's That's always the big problem. See, my my mother actually essentially already runs that. She runs virtual homeschool group online, vhsg.org, I believe, Um, which is they've actually got more students than Hope Public Schools. (laughs) Um, And it's it's an online course you can either take on, you know, real time or at your own pace. and that's essentially what it is. It's all volunteer-based, where it's just moms, they teach individual classes, and then the students take the classes as they go along. Again, the problem being is that piece of paper. My mom's been teaching since, gosh, since I was five years old, so, you know, 23 years now, but she has no piece of paper that can say, oh, yes, I have been, I am a teacher, I can teach your student. So, but if this is a group of homeschool parents, there's, what's the need for certification? If, exactly. If it goes back to, if it's being... Because then you'd have to withdraw the students from the public school and make them homeschoolers. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the so so that yeah. so that then brings up the entire other a whole another side of our two sided coin, which is right. now turning into a, a three sided coin a prism. But but so we're talking about we're having to change the laws of education, or at least the policies and procedures of education, to be able to address that would be the fantastic. changing and they do nature it like winding a watch anyway for mm-hmm. what they want so look at non-traditional right you yes, were exactly you did this and so now we're going to make you a teacher 
yes. because you did this. Well, in my opinion, 23 years of teaching far outweighs that I was a businessman for eight years and now you're right. going to let me teach business just because I have a degree in business and I was teaching business. Right. right. Yeah. So, but that's easily changable. They sure. usually go, well, listen, well, here's her body of work. Right. I think it speaks for itself. Right. I mean, think of how many artists and residents we bring in, you know, th to teach our children mm -hmm. in schools all over the place because they're artists. Right. You know, I mean, what speaks for them? Their body of work. Exactly. And, and I think that's that's viable. Your right. body of work that speaks should, for that itself. Should be, that should just be the way it is regardless. Period. I mean, yes. mm -hmm. if, you, if you've done the thing... Who cares if you've got the paper that says you can do the thing? Because half the time, if you've got the paper that says you can do the thing and you don't have a body of work, there's no way to trust that piece of paper. And that, see, that's what's interesting. And think of, that's how we do things now. And oh, it's so interesting. Weird. I was looking at some some jobs online for web designers. Uh, one here in Arkansas, what's the big one? Uh, Aristotle or one of those big ones was looking oh, for yeah, yeah. new designers. And it said, you know, this degree and this degree. But if you have more than this many years mm -hmm. experience designing web pages, then that can we wipe out all the rest of that. And you can come to work for us. Right. And we'll gladly look at that instead. Right. Yes. So I think body of works, body of work. We, we called it pay and dues. That's what we call it in the musician world. Yeah, Who have you played with? You sit in and go, well, I played with this person, and I played here, and I've been on the road for three years with this band, and I played this show, and I played this right. show. Oh, okay, great. Well, it sounds like, and you know. And we you're... can say that because in our, specifically in the tech realm, we know that a certification or a, a degree really oftentimes has no relevance to the individual skill whatsoever. But whenever you're particularly a, like a large company or a large institution, Sometimes just getting past HR. If you don't have those letters, right. your, you don't your resume gets paper, chucked, and yeah. you right. never get to the people yeah. that actually evaluate whether or not you have the right. skills. And that's right. going to require a cultural shift. That's well, and just, that's, that's your, we call it the ticket. Right, exactly. Right. Did you now, get your ticket? Did right. You now, the other college? side of that is, you know, there are certain professions where, frankly, the reason why they have that piece of paper is because the piece of paper at least theoretically, demonstrates your body that of body of work. For example, if you're going to be a, a doctor, medical doctor, right, sure. a years. surgeon, <laughs> right. you know, eight you years know. of your life, right? Because right. exactly, how exactly else would you get the body of work? Exactly. Right. Where'd yes. you go? It's like, um, you know, I'm learning. Don't worry about <laughs> yes, it. Hold exactly. on a second. Yeah. Right. I'm here Ooh, the ER I've never just seen to that before. For the day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Would you? Could you sign my piece of paper? Yeah. That's right. I sutured two wounds and set a broken bone. Hey, tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. Listen to a little music. Let the guys take a breather. You're listening to Ray. Radio.edutechguys.com come to you live from Hope, Arkansas. We're going to listen to a little Nixie built for love. Honey, you were built for love 
damage done But no, you're not the only one Cause honey, you were built for love Don't let it tell you you ain't good enough Cause honey, you were built for love Nick C. Coming to us live. Nick C. On the internet, guys. <laughs> <laughs> live. It was lively pre-recorded. I was, I was piping live. him in. Piping him in from the outside. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> what happened? You piped me in. <laughs> How dare you pipe me in? No, Ahmed. So, yeah, Nick C. You know, uh, welcome back to radio.internetguys.com. At the break, we were talking about uh, milk products, you know, 2% whole buttermilk. I'm kidding. That, <laughs> I was like, where are we going like, with what that? the heck are you talking about? <laughs> they would look at me like I was crazy. Um, Probably because he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we've uh, last week we discussed the new uh, 9.3 iOS and, update yeah. and what it's bringing to education, which is a bevy of new goods. A bevy. And uh, in fact, bevy. this week was a 9.2.1 update, which fixed a big issue. Which... MDM app push. Yeah, that was in 9.2. Uh, if you, I forget what what triggers the bug, but what happens is that you try to, if someone updates their iPad, an existing install of like 9.1 something up to 9.2, uh, you try to push an app to it with an MDM and it fails. So... Yeah. We had a couple of those that got installed before we had a chance to block the uh, the Apple update server, and yeah, we saw that issue as well. But nine two one finally fixes it. It's been about a month since it the bug hit, hmm. and nine two one fixes the MDM push issue, and that's something that we've been. It's like any day now, any day, <laughs> and the holidays hit in the middle of it and it slowed everything down. Yes, so, yes. but yeah, that's finally been released, and that you. you Reading like the Apple forums and stuff where the enterprise folks frequent, you can just see this massive sigh of relief. It's like, oh, we can push apps again. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's pretty much, and it's a small update too. It's like a handful of megabytes. So it's you know you push it out and then you're. I done. think it was forty something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's a tiny. It happened pretty quickly. Oh yeah, especially if you've got an OS ten caching server on on the local land, that, that helps a lot. Awesome. Yeah, and so nine point three. When's it going to drop? Do we know a date? We yet? don't have a date yet. Um, they're saying that this is really sort of a. There's been rumors that this is really sort of just a get your get your appetite for it sort of release. That it's not it's not going to be completely ready. At least whenever the firmware releases, they're not going to have all the the back end released at the same time. That they're not going to have the new Apple Schools web page ready whenever nine three is immediately released. That's the rumor anyway. Well, that's my understanding. Is I, I was reading something about this. I, either yesterday, earlier today, something. Um, and that was one of the big stress points was that when 9.3 comes out, all of the cool education stuff is actually still in beta. Right. So they're they're going to have this major release, but they're going to pull a Google and throw it at you in <laughs> the beta. The infinite beta. Gosh, how long know? did Gmail stay in beta? Yeah. It was years. <laughs> That's true. I so forget. I always forget that stuff. I, th- I think what's what they're aiming at there is the 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 firmware will be solid, but the services will be still being built in the back end. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're going for. Well, and and, and uh, my understanding is also that part of that is Apple is looking for a lot of feedback with nine three, and sure as so. they you know as they kind of develop these education services and and some of the features uh, that they want a lot of feedback so that they can make sure that it's rock solid and is what education is looking for right and that's the big one because gosh ever since ios rolled out you know that this is the reason why there's so much buzz about 9.3 is just getting apple ids for students has been such an enormous pain yes uh so yeah just trying four years gosh and i've never thought that it would take this long to get to the point where you have institutionally owned apple ids because I was building like 
scripts for creating Apple IDs a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh, certainly this will, you know, be <laughs> completely, you know, outmoded in a year, you know, because yeah. it's an, it, it seemed like an obvious problem that it was just one of those things that would be solved as soon as they got, you know, the next release of the firmware. And a year went by and then two years and then three years. And it's the, I think the biggest disappointment was when they released the, the last sort of change to Apple IDs for education whenever you could create student Apple IDs mm-hmm. en masse with like uploading CSVs and that sort of thing. But the procedure for getting them involved, pulling in the parents, authorization, that sort of thing. You had to set, have email addresses for all the, pa- the parents and then they would get an email from Apple and then the parents would have to follow a link and fill out information. If the information wasn't the same as what the school expected, it could cause problems. And if the parent didn't communicate with the child what the password was, <laughs> it was way... <laughs> Way, it involved way too many people. It was such a, a nightmare of moving parts that it was – I looked at it. I was super excited whenever they talked about it, and then I finally got into the program, and I'm like, th- I'm not even going to start. Yeah. This, is, yeah. this has failed before it even began. And then you compare that to – you know, this is the big comparison is comparing – how Google does it versus how Apple does it. Sure. And you compare that with Google and you go to Google Apps and you like upload a CSV and you're done. Yeah. Or yeah. you tie it to your Active Directory system, which already has everything in it, and you're done. Yeah. So, yeah, user provisioning has been such a pain for iOS for so long. I surely hope that they do listen this time and they actually go, okay, we've tried this once. We didn't have it right at first. We tried it again. We didn't get it right. Let's actually ask what they're looking for this time. Well, yeah. Third time is a charm. Yeah, there we, should, we, well, we can hope anyway. Well, and and it's you know, it's 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 easily forgotten in all the iterations of them trying to do, um, not just student, uh, whatever logins Apple, yeah, or yeah, Apple IDs or, or whatever we're going to call these things, um, not just that, but education in general. Remember, Apple dug its heels in the ground and said, yeah, these are consumer devices, education. We appreciate you're using them in school, right. but, you know, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. And, you know, got some egg on their face over the whole thing. And then, right. you know, they're finally, in my opinion anyway, I think they're finally doing the things that had they started out in this direction, they'd be so far down yes. the road now. Agreed. But at least they're getting, at least they're pulling it in, you right. know. And, and I know... Many, you know, Google slash Chromebook users are just, you know, ha you know, it's about time. You're slow to the party. Right. But this is the thing I always, that I've always said about Apple. You know, Apple is generally late to the dance. Yeah, they are. However, they are also usually the most polished when they get there. Right. Uh, you know, they're, they've got the stuff under control. They've got the best moves. They got, I mean, really, yeah. you know. They're fashionably late. Yeah, they walk yes, in the door. very fashionably late. The, yes. the records. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> turns and looks and yes. goes, oh, my oh, goodness. Yes, yes exactly. 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 Well, and I think that's the big deal that I'm having with the whole thing. You know, a lot of the schools that made waves with iOS at first were small schools. Mm-hmm. and they were, they were smaller. They were more nimble. They got there they, first. Uh, they got there first, yeah. <laughs> they had money, and they had time. Um, just like some email groups that we're members of, the, the smaller ones have a lot more time to chatter. And they chatter, mm-hmm. and they talk. And unfortunately, you know, in our day and age, you say ten things, six or seven of those make sense, so we go ahead and lump it together and go, oh, well, you're right. right. You know, we forget sure. that. Maybe number eight was just a complete blaringly idiotic statement, but you know you got these other six right, so we'll go ahead and take that for what it is. And, and I think that that's, I love it because now people in using Google Chrome are going, well, Apple finally got has it right, and I'm like, you're giving your kids three hundred dollar browsers. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, there is and, that argument. And, and, I mean, so it, for me on this show, I'm just going to lay it out there. Yeah, you go. And this is what I'm going to say. Jeff's to opinion. Whoever Here we wants go. to listen to it. Um, <laughs> we have a disclaimer at the beginning and the yeah, end. Go for it. It's my, it's covered, my opinion, opinion on it. Um, a couple things to preface it with. Um, this last Christmas, I'm pretty sure there were very few kids who put on their Santa Claus wish list, bring me a Chromebook. <laughs> what? Yeah, pretty sure. Surely you just. I, I would go ahead, and, go ahead and bet my left 
big toe on that, that, you know, that was one of those things. And I'm pretty sure that no matter what school you're at, if you laid out a brand new cram, chrome, cram book, Chromebook, <laughs> a brand new Chromebook um, on a table and an iPad or, you know, an iPad, I'm pretty sure I'll even give you the best Android tablet device in the world than an iPad. I'll even give you, I'll give you the Microsoft Fablet. The Surface, Surface Book, or the, touch, the, the Surface, Surface Book, or the Surface. That's a great question. Which one? Yeah, the Surface. I, I'm pretty sure kids would choose the iPad. And so my whole deal is, is that I'm sick and tired of school districts, mainly the technology organizations, mm-hmm. who have pushed them into it of that particular organization, patting themselves on the back for getting the easiest cheapest way out of providing the best thing for their kids and that's what they've done they, they they're patting yourselves on the back based on standards that they set from their own personal experience well it has a keyboard well you're 47 years old <laughs> right you know i'll even go well you're 28 yeah you know but it has a keyboard on it and it's a it's a blah, blah, and it was 200 dollars. yeah if you're buying the 200 dollars chromebooks then you're replacing those quicker than we're replacing iPads four years, then you know, you're spending double the money you're supposed to spend mm-hmm. on a piece of junk. But you're not buying the two hundred dollar ones. I know they're not. I've I've got Chromebooks in the system that I spent two seventy on mm-hmm. and they're good HP Chromebooks. Yeah, sure. I've I've touched those. I wouldn't call them but, good. But that's it. But they're good. They're not they're, air quotes good. Yeah, <laughs> but I know a lot of schools. When I see the forums, they're going, "Well, you need to go with this one from Samsung or this one here," and they're three fifty, right? Three hundred bucks, three fifty. Well, you know, I'm buying in bulk ten packs of iPads for four hundred fifteen dollars a piece. Right. <clears throat> You're getting a browser with then, a keyboard, and then and then to I'll come in and chime in with the the opposite side of that argument and say, well, yeah, but then you got to put a case on the iPad for another $30, $40. And then if you want to do testing, you've got to have a keyboard for it for another $50. Now, granted, you don't have to have a keyboard per iPad. But yeah, so there is a higher potential accessory cost for iPads, just whenever you count the cases right. and everything else related to it. Well, in, in that theory, in that theory, the best thing for our kids in woodworking class are manually operated saws. <laughs> no, I mean, right. that's it. It's cheap, it works, and it, it's weather resistant. It doesn't have to plug in. It doesn't cost us anything. It's real easy to manage, and it's a saw. Gets the same job done that a table saw would do, but we don't have to buy the table saw. It's cheaper, and when it comes down to testing, you know, if we don't have electricity, that's okay. They've got... <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be able to saw. I mean... The kicker, it, it comes to it is these districts are shortchanging their students, period. They're doing the cheapest thing. When they make a decision on technology and they have 10, you know, uh, key elements they're looking for, the students are 8, 9, or 10. Mm-hmm. What they need or what they're going to use or what they want, what makes them happy. And you know, we talk about students first all the time. That's all I hear. Student this. And what's, it go- what's it going to do for the students? I don't know. You gave them a piece of crap browser with a keyboard. Ow. So when they graduate high school and they decide not to go to college and they work in their fir- walk into their first office building, mm-hmm. what are they going to get? Well, if they with a Windows machine, you gave them. I gave them a what? They're not going to. They're not going to get a Chromebook. You, I mean, I don't know very many businesses using Chromebooks. I, I, I'm not sure. I have no idea what the the business uh, application. App, well, the well, not application, but I don't know what the business market share for Chromebooks right. is. I would venture it is very tiny. Now, along the same lines, though, of, of where you're going, um, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head. Regardless of the end user device, that is in many districts in our experience uh, as in terms of what technology is implemented in the district the technology department is making that decision regardless of what the students want first of all uh, what the teachers need for the students in order to accomplish whatever the goals projects you name it uh, you know what the teachers believe the students need and not just device wise but and and i think that's part of the problem i think part of our problem 
is that many school districts get into that whole devicing. It's it's all about the device. Which right. device are we going to use? We're going to buy Chromebooks because they have a keyboard. Fine, whatever. We're going to buy iPads because they have a million apps in the App Store. Fine, whatever. How? What is the application? What is the platform? at the student right. level? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't care what the platform is really. I don't, you know, well, what matters on, to me on is what you mean by platform. Okay, so. all right. Well, yeah, but what I'm, what where I'm going with this is the the way the conversation should be led is from the frankly, from, I think from the student up. But short of that, okay, let's start at the teachers and say, what are you teaching? What is it that you want your students to be able to accomplish? Students, what, you know, what is it that you want to be able to accomplish, you know, either with or without class? You know, what is it, you know, what are some things you want to do? And then it's a matter of, the curriculum folks talking and working with the tech folks and say, this is what we want. How do we make it happen? Because it can do A, B, C, D. It can do six of the 10 things on our list where this other device can do four of the things on our list. Right. Right. And take a look at what we've done over the history of technology. Smart boards. Ridiculously expensive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Who was that for? Not the kids. Right. The teachers. Ridiculously expensive. Did they make cheaper versions? Yes, pretty quickly they did. A lot of schools adopted a handful of smart boards, and then Mimeo and everyone else came out with, you know, a much cheaper version, does the same thing. Did they go with the cheaper versions all the while the time? Not necessarily. Right. A teacher wanted a smart board. Well, no, you can't have a smart board. You're going to have to have a Chrome board, which is $200, and, you know, you actually have to draw most of it, so... You know, right. It's not going to be. But, but every time we talk to someone, they go, well, we, all of our kids have Chromebooks. Cool. Are your teachers using them? Well, no. <laughs> no. Our teachers have MacBooks or they have Windows laptops. Or, well, why? It's just, if it's good enough for the goose. Mm-hmm. But you see, my, my biggest thing is, is that I think Chrome OS is beautiful. Sure. The Chrome browser is wonderful. Best browser on the market. Of what it does and where it's come in such a short time of browser life, amazing. But you're skipping out on what you're doing for the kids. This is a decision based based solely on adult decisions, money, Mm -hmm. and what's best for you, what's easiest for me. That's the first thing that comes out of most educational technology people is it's really stupid easy to manage right right yes and exactly heck, even we are guilty of that I oh mean, yeah totally for i mean from a from a perspective of using mac and ios i mean whenever we that was certainly a factor whenever we decided what yeah. to use oh well and and i like to even go back further than that because believe it or not some places are still using mercury and pegasus in terms of email yeah you know uh-huh. and and for those who don't know uh, in fact i think you can even still download it but anyway it was it's it's a free mail handler and from a management perspective it's beautiful you install it you set the various permissions and it's golden you don't yeah. have to you basically don't have to touch it from an administrative standpoint love it as an administrator on the user end bluntly <laughs> holy crap it's a piece of junk <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, the user interface was awful. The, how you did certain things. In fact, there were certain things that you couldn't even do. You know, it was a basic mail GUI. I mean, really, it yeah. was just enough to, to be able to see your mail. So from the user standpoint, eh, not a big winner. Administratively, yeah, absolutely off the charts. Same thing happens with the devices when technology departments start looking at what they're going to roll out. What's the easiest thing that I can implement? What's... What's going to take the least amount of my time that you know so that so that I don't have to mess with it? And some of that's totally valid because I mean you do have to support the stuff. True, true. Yeah, but in in, in our defense, and Greg, we will, you know, Greg will look for something easy to handle, mm. but he also looks for the most powerful thing sure. that's easy to handle. Sure. And that's how we made our decision. You know, yeah. I mean, what's just as powerful, just as creative. Just as hardcore as anything, but look how easy it is to manage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know I could buy a Kia for thirteen thousand dollars, 
and but I'm not going to tow logs with it. Right. You we know, should hope anyway. A, car, a truck and a car. You know what I'm saying? It's, right. Yes. But yes. you know what can I get for the best bank run? But but I need the power. And right. so a Chromebook, I just I'm I'm just going to say it, it has its applications. It does. Homebound students, wonderful. Need to get to a handful of things. It's what we use it for. You know this thing or another. We're going to do the show today. Well, where are our notes? They're in Google Apps. Right. Great. I, that's all I need to look at is show notes, and I need to write some stuff and chat and search stuff on the web. Beautiful. Give it to me. That's perfect. You know. Beyond that, I'm not going to run the software that we need to run to run this show. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, we can handle the back-end administrative side of the show through, well, frankly, any device. A because yeah. yeah, because we're doing it in Google Apps. But the front-end... Uh, we have you know, our microphones, stuff, yeah. the video we're running, all that. Are we going to do that? <laughs> Frankly, are we going to do that on a Chromebook? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Just not yeah. happening. And one and, to, uh, Go ahead. To, to play devil's advocate one more time, just because I, I like p- filling that role. Um, <laughs> you go for it. To, ow, oh. <laughs> but, yeah, com- granted, I, I think I would agree with the idea that, yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do with an iOS device that you can't necessarily do with a Chromebook. Okay, granted. Um, but let's look at what we're currently doing whenever we have the capability. Are we leveraging it? Because, you know, we have seen waste in the past where you buy the $10 million Ferrari that can fly through the air at Mach 2, and we're using it to go pick up donuts at the local drive through So... I can do that very quickly. Don't, <laughs> don't knock my Ferrari. But you know, the, I hear where you're but, coming but, from. Right. But that's exactly right. But I think that goes all that that in turn goes back to what I was saying about and and what we've been talking about and in general. Pushed from the student side. Yes, up. you know, yeah. if you understand what what the goal is for those devices, how are they going to be used? You know, what is it we're trying to accomplish, and what can they? Right. What and, can and, they do? Right. What can they do? What can't they do? You know, what what are the limitations? Right. Then at that point, it might make sense to get the flying Ferrari because that's the kind of stuff we're going to do. Well, right. And at the same time, we, we just saw, uh, I, I've just seen a lot of uh, surveys consider mm-hmm. from our teachers, a lot of surveys. And the one thing that they said was, does your district provide necessary technology? And it was in the 70, 80 percentile. And does your district, you know, is there plenty of technology provided to the students, 70, 80 percent percentile? Just because there's always those people out there that, you know, don't know how to use it, so they're going to automatically naysay it. But the sure. kicker that this is, is that inevitably, it comes down to you had the best thing. So in our business, when you look at where's the stop gap, was it the kids? Was it the teacher? You know, was it the curriculum? Well, well, I had that Chromebook and it couldn't do anything that I needed it to do. And the course, student says that, and then the teacher says that. You'll hear that same argument for iPads, though. But you can. But at the same time, you can you defend that argument? Right. And there's the thing. I mean, no. I, 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 it's easier for me to defend it with iPads than it is to defend it with Chromebooks. They came to me and said, well, I was trying to do this, but it didn't work because it was on a Chromebook. I can say, well, yeah, you probably could have done that with an iPad. And... It, it, where I'm sitting right now, it's mm-hmm. easier for me to do that. I agree that this all comes down to the usage of it. I mean, mm-hmm. it all comes down to how it's mm-hmm. used. It, but there's the thing that I haven't seen yet. Everybody's touting the Chromebooks. Everybody's touting iOS. When somebody definitively shows me, here's the data, here's what we did, here's how we use it every minute of every day consistently on consecutive days, and here's how we've gone from here to here, and here's the, you know, then I'll go, oh, Chromebooks work because you use them for a specific thing. I, I didn't use a hammer to set a bone in a broken leg. You use the Chromebook to do these things, and you achieved it. Nobody's showing me that. Right, and, right. And, you know, now, with iOS, yeah, they're actually showing us that. There's a lot of school districts in this country that are using them very well. Mm-hmm. From Again, playing devil's advocate, iOS does have a couple more years in that particular regard of being popular. So that's true. there is more data there to mine. Yeah, true, true. And that's a good point. Yeah. So uh, I guess ultimately the the question then or, or the thing to to kind of maybe end on, I guess we're getting close here, um, is, is just that, that maybe Chrome OS, Chromebooks just need a little more time to develop. Yeah, and we don't we'll, know and we'll see corner. what happens. Yeah, we don't know what Chrome OS is going to do around the corner. That's true. Yeah. 
by the same token, iOS continues to move forward. So, you know. <laughs> I tell you what we do. We're going to jump out to a song really quick before we get out of here. Uh, might as well play it. I know yeah, it's go ahead, man. one minute till, but hey, we're good. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, uh, this is Nick Flora with uh, Kick and Scream on radio.edutechguys.com. radio.edutechguys.com. That was Nick Flora with Kick and Scream. We, as Greg said, that's appropriate for the conversation we were having. <laughs> as Jeff was losing his mind. Well. <laughs> um, I wasn't losing my mind. I, I want to clarify, David brought up a good point. I, I'm not completely bashing Chromebooks. I've just, just lightly not dinging. been impressed. Yeah, I've just not been impressed. I well, and, and I think as we, were, as we were off air, I think what Greg said, and feel free to Say it here. I think that was that's the key thing, and like that is the killer app. We have the killer app on a Chromebook that something else can't do. I, yeah. I, I would look forward to seeing what what can a Chromebook do that I couldn't do on an iOS device. Something that jumps out and says, "Ooh, look at this!" Right, exactly. Well, or something I couldn't do on a pencil and paper. I, right, you know, <laughs> it's like you know, 
But yeah, I think that's a big deal. So I'll try not to get on that rant anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll be back. I was gonna say, oh no, we'll, we'll be back to visit it. You know? I was I was hoping somebody would text my phone or tell me to shut up and get off the air. <laughs> no, they just they just stopped no. listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But, you know, uh, but as a as a future show, at some point we will get someone who is just absolutely. They've got Chromebooks in their district. They they love them. They're using them, and we I say we bring them in. I look forward to that because yeah, I, I'm you know I'm, I'm like you. I would love to see. Show me, show me, show me what that does that blows our socks off. Right. Uh, yeah. You know. Want to see it? See, still got my socks on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hey, well, it's been a great show, as far as I can tell. Um, <laughs> Is I'm anybody still out there? <laughs> it's a long show. Minute five, minute, uh, one hour, five minutes. That's that's a long time for us. 105. Um, I, I guess we'll get out of here. Wrap it yeah, up. man, we'll wrap it up. Well, um, <laughs> I'm Jeff Madlock. <laughs> I'm Greg Moore. <laughs> and I'm David and Ark, and we will see you next time on Edutech Guys Radio. You've been listening to EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on this site this program are those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master's schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all. But don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.